Ismael. Welcome to the show. Uh, we're going to get immediately demonetized because I'm going to play your intro, but everybody gets an intro here at Aristotle Full Throttle. Call me Ishmael. The winds was a ship that put to sea. The name of the ship was a belly of tea. The winds blew up her bow, dipped down below my belly boy's bow. Soon may the weatherman come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tongue is done, we'll take a leave and go. I made that for you, Ishmael. Welcome to the show. I'm Aristotle Full Throttle. Today we're going to talk about uh, the Lady Hulk, the She-Hulk, uh, a little bit. Maybe I'll get a haircut live here on the air. Uh, if you send in your, your subscriptions and your donations, maybe once I get to 1 million subscribers, I'll shave my entire head. What do you say? We'll see what's going on under here. I think I'm just a shiny rock underneath. Maybe I'm like the rock. Maybe I just am the rock, and when you buff me, I will look like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. So let's see what happens. <laughs> I don't I don't do anything to this. See, people go, "What do you do? How do you do that hair?" And I just say, I "Wake up and I walk around like that." Sorry, I don't have. I don't. Not that I don't have to look at the mirror. I choose not to. I do have to. <laughs> It's a cool song. You ever heard? If I if I ever heard a song, uh, that's cool. It's that one. Today we're gonna talk about the She-Hulk episode two. I saw it today. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, how do you feel about the She-Hulk? Do you like the She-Hulk? Do you think it's appropriate to call someone She-Hulk? They make a good point in this episode. Tatiana Maslany says, "Hey." Why is it that I'm only a, a refer in reference to the Hulk? For instance, I'm like, I her existence is contingent upon a Hulk, so therefore she is the female version of a thing that is already. So you see what I'm saying? Like they do a lot of people do this in their minds, which intrinsically devalues the latter. So if you're if you're saying the well, there's the Hulk, and then there's another version of that. Then you're you're literally saying that this is the real thing, and the other thing is a derivative version of that thing, which is that is to say, when I was a kid, I remember I went to the movie theaters and I saw this movie called Philadelphia, very charming family feel good movie. <laughs> I'm kidding. The movie Philadelphia's got Tom Hanks. He's lost a lot of weight. It's about uh, it's very sad movie but a powerful powerful movie right and then what i took away from that movie was wow this whole discrimination against gay people and people who are affected by aids this is a terrible thing going on <laughs> i think that that was the message of the movie personally but my friend's friend she just said oh denzel washington's hot so did you just watch the same movie where there was a guy dying from aids she's like oh yeah denzel washington is hot so, okay, we got different things from this movie. Um, but she said, Denzel Washington, now get me, there's a whole lot of things wrong with this next statement that you're about to hear. She said, Denzel Washington truly is the black version of Tom Cruise. <laughs> Which means she likes Tom Cruise, first of all. It's got a lot of implica implications. I'm just like, good golly, good golly. First of all, she says that Denzel Washington one of the greatest actors of our time. Just 
look around you. There's Meryl Streep, there's Denzel Washington, there's Tilda Swinton, there's Paul Rubens. And that's it. Uh, I said <clears throat> to her in response, I said, or Tom Cruise is the white version of Denzel Washington. Except I didn't believe that because Tom Cruise is not a good as actor as Denzel Washington. He's j- Listen... He picks cool movies. I watch the movies that Tom Cruise is in because I like the idea of the movie. I don't go to see a movie because I go, dang, Tom Cruise is in this next one. Let me go pay to see that. I go, no, it's Mission Impossible 27. Let me go pay to see that because I like Mission Impossible. It's the name of the movie that draws me, not Tom Cruise. Top Gun 2? Well, I like Top Gun 1. Well, why don't I go see Top Gun 2 make all the money in the world? I've been saying this all summer long. Top Gun Maverick, the sequel to 1986's Top Gun, is a phenomenal movie. Is it 1986, 1987, 1989? It's, hear me out. It's a perfect movie. It's a perfectly fun movie. You go to the movie theater to see a perfect movie, and you say, well, I want a good time. At the, this is what I think when I go to the movies. You, could, you mean to tell me there's jet fighters in this movie? And the people are like, yep. And I said... Uh, I'll go despite Tom Cruise being in it. So I did, I did go to see Top Gun Maverick. A lot of people were like, I don't like how it glorifies the military. And I'm like, there are jet planes in this movie. Did you see there were fighter jets? Isn't that, you know, like I don't necessarily like the idea of military weapons and guns. Actually, in fact, I don't like the idea, especially in reality, but in movies, like Star Wars, I do enjoy war. It's fantastic, to quote Miguel Ferrer in Hot Shots Part Do. Um, no, I kid. Real life, but here's my 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 true feeling. I don't like real life war. I think it can it should only ever be a movie to watch and a moral lesson, not an actual practice. Not an actual practice of killing and murdering and dis- dismembering and all the horrible horrors of war. I don't know if you've ever seen anything. You will never, unless you are in the military, see these horrors of war. We'll just hear about like these. And, and we still don't even do anything for our veterans. It's, it's ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. War is not good. But in movies. <laughs> One bit. I got my own musical accompaniment. <laughs> I'm tired today, guys. I went to the hospital this morning. Let me just let me just talk to you. Mano e mano e womano. I went to the to the hospital. I was at the ER this morning. I was not feeling physically well. I, I injured myself. We'll say I injured myself real bad, and uh, I was very I was very much in pain. Buckled over in pain, and I had to go to the uh, the ER. But uh, I mean, there's so many stories from the ER that you could tell. Thankfully, I was only there for four and a half hours, but uh, it, I've had I've been there like eight or nine hours before. I went at the right time. Long story short, out. Long story short, people always say long story short. This is a dumb thing. After a long story, it's like long story short. You just I just sat here for five minutes. Uh, I just got to take some antibiotics and. But uh, yeah, pain. 
the pain. It's a good thing they're giving me like 800 horse pill mega mega doses of ibuprofen. Um, that's you know that stuff works. <laughs> stuff really does kill the pain. Ted Nugent, in case you were wondering. In case you were like, what, did I get my daily fill of uh, radical Republicans today? Did I get my daily fill of radical Republicans today? That's what you were asking yourself. Boy, oh boy, though. Um, I'm feeling a lot better, though. I got a big, I got this intramuscular shot today, and I am this long needle in my arm. Very long. The lady's like, it's going to hurt. I was like, okay, good. Well, I'm already in pain, so just add, just throw it on the fire. You know, and she didn't have any sense of humor, this lady. She did have no sense. Look, look, I got a sense of humor, I like to think, especially when I'm in pain. Especially if, like, look, nobody's having a good time. Why not just lighten the mood? And she said, here, this 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 shot's going to hurt. And I said, okay. She says, it's going to hurt. Are you ready? I said, yeah, go go right ahead. It'll be It'll be a relief. From the pain I'm feeling right now. And she's like, it's going to hurt. Stop flexing your arm. I said, no, I'm not flexing. You know, but, but she said, stop. And I was like, I'm not doing anything, which was a compliment. I took it as a compliment. Must be working on my deltoids. Uh, so she said, you got to stop flexing because the more you flex, the more it's going to hurt. And I said, bring it on, lady. And uh, she did. She shot me in the arm. And she just, she said, I need a bigger needle. That's what she told her, her coworker. She said, hang on. I need a bigger needle. <laughs> she went around looking for this big ass needle like this long. She put that all the way in my arm and uh it, it hurt. <laughs> it hurt, but I sat there and said and she was like shaking my arm around, squeezing the muscle, sticking the needle all the way in. It was like this is like four inches. Listen, I might be using hyperbole to embellish part of the story, but it hurt. It hurt bad. Um but I was just, and I said, well, it was, I said, it's kind of a relief to, relief to have the pain over here than where it is right now. She did not laugh. Uh, <clears throat> I did. Oh, I thought it was hilarious. Even though I was like, ah, my pain. Hurts. But, uh, the, I am doing better now. I'm doing better in life. And I'm trying to do better, like, you know, like on myself, with myself. You know, you get, listen, you guys, I don't know how you feel about home improvement. And by home, I mean your body and your mind, because that's where you live, wherever you go. Maybe, maybe you are interested in that. Maybe you aren't. I don't know. I don't know what you're up to. Turns out a lot of people aren't. Turns out a lot of people don't give a crap about improving themselves. They just think the way I behave is totally fine. And uh, there's no reference or reason for me to change that behavior. But uh, there's always room for improvement, like there's always room for Jello. Remember that. Also, Jello uses ground up horse bones. Remember that also next time you're eating Jello, because it's made from gelatin. I hate to ruin your day about Jello, about that Jello mold you've got jiggling in your fridge. About that jello mold that for some reason has fruit suspended in it. Uh, that jello mold, the lime green jello that you, you take vodka and you make 
jello shots with and they, they're surprisingly strong if you have like two or three jello shots you're done uh but the point is they grind up horses to put in your jello <laughs> Well, ladies and gentlemen, I saw episode two of The Hulk, The She-Hulk. And again, I think it's an interesting reference to call someone a Hulk and then call someone, you're, well, you're the She-Hulk. Um, that's like being like, oh, you're, you're, you're brown Aristotle. <laughs> it's, I mean, I guess you can say that, not to be confused with Aristotle. Uh, but he was not as throttle. I'm just going to put that out. He was not as throttle as I Not that not that other Aristotle. Also, I discovered there's an Aristotle Williams, probably. Listen, what do you think about She-Hulk? I think Tatiana Maslany is a revelation. Should have her own shows, and it's pretty funny that she has her own superhero show because she's hilarious, and she's probably changing the show to just fit like a shoe and customize it for her own self. Uh, because there's so much a part of the show. It's interesting that the show wrestles <laughs> wrestles with the with like the concept of modern feminism and and also this idea of that she's lawyer. It's a good lawyer show, guys. She Hulk is a lawyer show. She happens to be a Hulk. She happens to turn to Hulk. But listen, there's going to be a fight scene. There's going to be a massive fight scene before the end of the show. There has to be. But it is pretty good law drama. On this, this is what I always like about the Marvel Universe is the characters. The characters are what make the show. The, the, and also the people playing the, the people make the show. Today there was actually a funny line because, as you know, that Mark Ruffalo now plays Bruce Banner and the, slash a.k.a. the Hulk. And the original was Edward Norton in the MCU. And there's a part where uh, they were referring, the characters on this episode, spoiler alert, it's just a funny throwaway joke, it doesn't give away the plot, but they were talking about way back when, and they were reminiscing, when I say they, I mean She-Hulk and Bruce Banner, <laughs> I mean Tatiana Maslany, Jennifer Walters, I think her name is, she and Bruce Banner are reminiscing on the old days, and then uh, the Hulk, smart Hulk, Mark Ruffalo says, oh, yeah, I was a totally different person back then. Literally. Because <laughs> they're making reference to the fact that he was Edward Norton back then. I think that that was clever. And f I thought that was clever and funny. And uh, I don't know how you feel about it. But let me know in the comments. If you're watching the show, please subscribe. If you listen to this as a podcast, I'm sorry. But also, congratulations and I'm welcome. Thank you for listening i appreciate your your attention this is the attention economy you have to keep people's attention right now i don't know if you're on the treadmill if you're running if you're washing dishes right now but i'm here to support you in that and i want you to get everything that you need to get done clean <laughs> i say that also because i mentioned i think that's today's lesson is you got to help yourself you got to be smart about your health you got to be smart about your mental health a lot of people aren't they don't care and it's sad. It breaks my heart. It's like when you see... But you you got to judge it, I guess, on how people keep... It's, this is not, I think, indicative of anything, but I think it's a good analogy. It's like when you have like a really nice thing. You have a Ferrari. Ferrari. I don't know. People out there are going to be like, Ferraris kill 
kids in in Cambodia, you should not buy Ferraris. I'll be like, okay, well, listen, I, I'm into. The only time I'm into fast cars is when I'm driving them. So, also I'm tall. I can't really fit in those little fast cars. I kind of can. Those basketball players always get Lamborghinis. I'm always like, that Lamborghini goes up to your ankle, LeBron. What's wrong with you? But when you see someone who's got like a really nice Lamborghini and it's just dirty, it's messed up, it's it's just like, I've never really seen that, but that's, I guess, the analogy. It's like, you've got a really nice thing. You've got a human body and a human mind, hopefully, out there, and you're like, you got to do the best you can with it. You got to really just work you don't though only if you're interested <laughs> a lot of people aren't interested you can't convince those who aren't you could show them you could show them by modeling good behavior but not everybody's going to be like into the, putting the work in so if you're like me try to temper your frustration about that you know what i mean you know what i mean I mean, I mean, I mean, you know what I mean. That's a blue toe or whatever. Bye bye. Really cool little technique here. I just want to show you. If you're listening, if you care, if you want to. I mean, I was talking about She-Hulk, but it's a lot more fun to talk about it with people. So if anybody out there wants to jump in the chat and start talking about She-Hulk, I'll talk about it. I don't want to spoil it, though. Really cool technique that Adam Jones from Tool has been playing with. Pulls off, he pulls it off. Pulls off his guitar. I don't know, if you're watching and you play guitar, you go, you'd probably be like, oh, I didn't know he was doing that. And I'm like, yes, that's what he's doing. pretty fun <clears throat> it's pretty fun if you're a guitar player i don't know a lot of times people say i always wanted to play guitar i just didn't want to i didn't have the time or what i or i always wanted to play guitar but my fingers would hurt my finger it hurt my fingers and i'm like you gotta fight through that if you really wanted to play guitar you would not have put the guitar down for the first 10 years that you encountered it like i did like I did. I did not put a guitar down for 10 years. I played guitar every day for at least 10 years because I was obsessed. Because I really wanted to play guitar. So if you really want to do something, you're probably doing that. You're probably doing it already if you really want to. It's. I truly believe, and this is not true for everybody, but I think it is true for a lot of people. I think that you... End up in a place that you're most comfortable. 
And the problem is you got to get out of that comfort zone. You got to push yourself. You got to say, I don't know what you got to say to motivate yourself, but you got to, you got to realize that when you, whenever you're in trouble, we're there on the double, we're the bloodhound gang. You got to say to yourself, look, does this thing scare me? Am I worried about doing this next thing? And assess. Would you rather not feel the temporary worry? Or would you rather not do something that you always wanted to do? Say, um, this is to say that the moments in my life when I was most anxious or most worried about something positive, about something that I was about to do, led to some of the most memorable, impactful moments of my life. It was right before those moments. So those moments where you're like, I'm really nervous about this whole thing. Maybe I shouldn't do it. Maybe I'm really nervous about playing the show. Those are, you got to go, well, this nervousness is temporary. Glory is forever. <laughs> so you can you can um, feel stressed about, about it in the moment, but know that this is probably going to lead to a very significant moment in your life that you will never forget. I'm LaCroix. Just... Is it LaCroix? It's LaCroix, I think. St. Croix. Um, see what, what what Judy's up to. What's up, Brian? I, t- I tried calling you a couple weeks ago. And you didn't answer. And I was texting you back. I was in the emergency room all this morning, Brian. Um, Mr. Special. Uh, I was uh, this morning and yesterday buckled over in pain. So I, I may not have shown it on yesterday's show, but... I was sitting still, so that helped. Um, yeah, let's see. <laughs> Hang on. Uh, I tried calling you a couple weeks ago. You didn't pick up. Check your messages. Um, I don't know where you're at right now in the world. Hang on a second. I'm messaging. I can't do two things at once. Here's the problem with uh, doing two things at once is you can't do it. The brain, people go, oh, I like to multitask. It's like you're not multitasking. You're actually doing one thing at a time and then switching between them. You can't do two. I can't especially do two things at once. I can maybe talk and play. I can listen and play guitar like my hands. But there's two separate parts of my brain. There's only two. All the pain, the pain comes back. The pain returns when I sneeze. Uh, yeah, I'm in a lot of pain right now. So, just know that. Know that I'm in a lot. I'm, they loaded me up on ibuprofen, the good stuff. Yeah, it's funny because emergency rooms, they just assume a lot of times because it's true. They deal with this a lot. They assume that you're just in there to get some pain meds, like oxytocin. A few years ago, I injured my back. I had a slip disc. So I have a I have a slip disc in my back, and this is great radio. Everybody loves this. I say radio because it's basically radio. Your phone doesn't receive call as unsleepable multitasking, doing several things simultaneously, is doing. Well, listen, Brian. I I know that people say they will multitask. You can. Here's here's some interesting studies they did on multitasking. People who generally so like. If you do, if you say you're doing five things, people who multitask on like say five things, 
more likely won't finish all five things. But if someone is doing concentrated tasks one after the other, they will get like one or two things completed. So a lot of times people will multitask, but they will not get as much finished uh, in the long run. So you can actually methodically get things done if you put them in an order of operations. And, and that's that works for me. People can claim whatever they want about whatever they do, and they can probably get really good at their job where they can do one thing and then switch gears and do another thing because they're shifting between things. Like, for instance, when I'm on set and I do set photography, I've got to jump between all the different camera settings and also be talking to someone at the same time, and it's really difficult. It's very – as a photographer – my technical brain just starts going, uh, okay, ISO uh, this and and uh, f-stop that and this kind of lens. Like my brain, just know when you see me with a camera in my hand, that's where a lot of my – and also framing. I'm like, where is the framing? What are the colors? What is the the exposure? So, so uh, Brian, you say multitasking is subjective. No, it's not subjective. You – can measure how much people get done in an amount of time when they do multi but i hear what you're saying you're saying multitasking is different for each person i'm sure but i think that you can that you can uh that you can actually there are ways to measure multitasking you could say do xyz and then you do x then y then z and you could have these the same person or two different people do those things and and measure over time who's doing who's doing what um but when i'm on set with a camera in my hands and i'm doing pictures and stuff my brain is uh is very much engaged in um technical stuff this is the problem with when i record at home i need my own engineer <laughs> i need an engineer to just because my i can do both but not at the same time. This is my limitation. I can't switch gears as quick. And it also could be partially a story I'm telling myself. But I would like to be able to more so switch gears between technical recording mode and creative guitar playing mode. Because if it were up to me, I could just go into my little mental spiral of playing guitar riffs and then record them, have someone else press record, have all my settings done so I don't have to think about settings while I'm playing. Because um, I want to, it's more, it's it's performance versus technical. And that for me is difficult to, to juggle. I love playing that record. I 
like guitar. So I was watching She-Hulk, talking about self-improvement, talking about multitasking. We're covering it all, all the bases today. We're covering all the bases. <clears throat> Brian, where are you? Where are you in the world right now? Are you back in Cambodia? I, I, I joke. I think I would say Taipei. Taipei. Oh, boy. Let's see what's trending. Let's see what's trending. Now I'm going to play the little trending song. Let's see what's on the news. Anything going on with... You know what I noticed about this episode of She-Hulk? It had Cousin Larry. And I was very excited about Cousin Larry being on TV. I was like, why does that guy look so... Fr- it's Cousin Larry. Oh, my goodness. And he's he's, a, he's an old... School. Remember for the show Perfect Strangers with Balky and Cousin Larry? Balky was played by Bronson Pinchot. They would do the happy dance. Jamie Foxx is trending. A clip of the actor-comedian Jamie Foxx impersonating former President Donald Trump goes viral. Let's watch it. Let's watch it. Because J- Jamie Foxx is an incredible performer. Look, we I told you earlier we got Denzel Washington, Meryl Streep. Jamie Foxx is ridiculously good. I heard him do a, a Robert Downey Jr. impression the other day. <laughs> it was spot on. It sounded like Robert Downey Jr. just like walked in the room. He's like, okay, dude, let, let me just tell you. He he captures people on both sides. Actually, great people on both sides. I know Ariel. He's a great person. He couldn't vote for me at the time. Now he can vote for me once he gets out. I love Snoop Deal Double G. Great person. So do you love Death Row Records? I love people Death Row. I love Death. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Fake news. I love Death Row. <laughs> wow. What's your favorite Death Row record, uh, Mr. Trump? All of them. Don't try to pin me down. Excuse me. Excuse me. Fake news. Fake news. Wow. They tried to give me the virus. I beat the virus. They tried to give me the virus. Who is they? The motherfuckers said, I beat the virus. Fuck you. He's beating. Trump, boy. Wow, that was incredible. Did you guys hear that? That was Jamie Foxx doing an impression of, obviously, the former president. That is That was pretty good. Jamie Foxx is an incredible mimic. If you've ever heard uh, him do any impressions, especially Mike Tyson, he's going to play actual Mike Tyson in a movie. That's why it seems so familiar, but I couldn't place it. Uh, why did you think your tweet was about the podcast? Why did I think that tweet was about your podcast growing up? Uh, no, Cousin Larry, that's... Yes, Will. So it was like a secret code. I just wanted to see how many people would like it cause, or had the same revelation as me. Is this Will? Yes. And what would you say Jamie Foxx's craft is? I guess it's acting. <laughs> Mainly. He's a musician. He's an actor. He's a comedian. He does all the things. He's very, very good at what he does. He is one of, he's again, one of the best things to come out of In Living Color. We've got so many colossal talents. That Jim Carrey, Jamie Foxx, uh, who else? <laughs> Jennifer Lopez. She's from the show. Rosie, Rosie uh, Perez. You got all of the Wayans empire. Every Wayans. 
You've got Damon, Sean, SW1. That's what they call him. You got uh, Keenan, Ivory. Then you got Kim, Kim Waynes. You got all the Waynes. It's incredible, that show. That, that show, which you cannot do today. You would get David Allen Greer, Tommy, Tommy, um, Tommy Morrison, Tommy Davidson. That's it. Oh, David Allen Greer is like, that guy's a freaking treasure. He's just really good. He's just really you get a you get a flavor when you get David Allen Greer. You get a specific brand of yeah. Tommy Davidson was also incredible. Oh my god, singer, like just incredible comedian, physical comedian. Oh man, what's Tommy Davidson up to? Is he working? That dude needs to be on TV. He's like just he's just one of those people that you're like this guy can't do anything else other than make people laugh. He should be everywhere all the time, like that movie, everything, everywhere, all the time. But uh, Will, did you, Will? Let me play your intro first of all, and we're gonna get the drum beat, Phil. You got the touch. Is this Will? You got the power. Yeah. 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 Ha. I'm gonna be like James Hetfield. Is this well? Did you watch? I'm gonna ask you the the Lady Hulk today. <laughs> she Hulk. I say Lady Hulk. They actually make reference to the fact that it's not a great title. Cool. Um, why is it not coming to the front when I push that button? So you did watch today's episode of She-Hulk. If you guys watched today's episode of She-Hulk, let's talk about it. I watched it when I got back from the emergency room today. I spent four and a half hours at the emergency room this morning because I was in extreme pain. But they gave me things. They said, here, take this. Nothing like... Nothing like uh, opioids. I got ibuprofen for the pain, but I also got like antibiotics. They shot me in the arm with, an antib- with a long needle. I took the Band-Aid off already, but yeah, there was like a long needle. I, stuck it. I felt it tearing through the muscles. Enjoy your spaghetti while I say that. Nice Dane Cook callback. They threw in some more callbacks. Dude, what happened? Uh, you know, I injured myself, we'll say. <laughs> I got injured. And it hurt real bad. And then they said, "Here, this will this will fix it." And I said, "Thank God." <laughs> well, thank God. But um, yeah, I I'm doing a lot better actually because those antibiotics they work. I got like a just like a like a thing. I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> Maybe I'll raise awareness. Man, that does not sound good. This is pleasant. 
pleasant when it's consonant. I'm just gonna make some riffs right now. Will, do you want to chat about it? Are you available to chat about today's episode of She-Hulk? I'm I'm uploading yesterday's podcast, by the way. Yesterday we did a live stream with is this Will and OCW5000, and it was quite the discussion. We've got a lot of stuff. If you want to check that out, it's going to be on Spotify when, by the time you listen to this, probably. And, uh, yeah, you could subscribe to my podcast on all of the platforms that you listen to podcasts on. So I would hope that you, that you do so. Please do. We mentioned our friend Boris Pelka. Ollie and I have a friend, Boris. He's in the band Gogol Bordello, which is pretty cool and very difficult to say for me. But uh, yeah, check out that band. What else is trending? But that that clip of Jamie Foxx, ladies and gentlemen, let's just listen to that again. That's that is some that is some people ability. On both sides, lots of great people on both sides. I know Ariel. He's a great person. He couldn't vote for me at the time. Now he can vote for me once he gets out. I love Snoop Deal Double G. Great person. So do you love Death Row Records? I love people Death Row. I love Death. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> The trick to a good impression is getting those slight in, uh, idiosyncrasies. It's not so much the and, – and everybody has their own take on an impression, which is great. It's always just getting that there's an, a je ne sais quoi, which is French for I don't know what. But there's, a, there's always a way to like capture a subtlety about someone's behavior that you bring awareness to. You'll bring awareness to that subtlety, and that's and you're like that is specifically the essence of this person. And Jamie Foxx is really good at just nailing that. He's really good at making his voice change and become what it needs to be. To to because that's not an easy impression. Excuse me, excuse me. Now I got it because when I watch someone do an impression of somebody, I go, oh, I see what they're doing to change their voice. Because sometimes it's hard to to zero in on what specifically is the identifiable characteristic of someone's vocal f- fingerprint. Uh, I think, but I do believe we have in the chat, is this Will, a fellow viewer of today's episode, episode two of She-Hulk with Tatiana Mastrani. W- w- what'd you think, Will? W- welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's good to be don't back. Hear oh, well, I see you talking, sucks. but I don't hear you. Uh, uh, hold on uh, a second. <laughs> Advanced audio properties. Discord. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Hello? Hey, can you hear me now? Yeah, well, this, we're having one of those days. Let me see if I could, if I could channel you some, some other way. I'm going to figure it out. Uh, good golly. Why does this have to happen? Oh, I heard it. I heard it. Come back. Oh, maybe. I hear it now. I can hear it. Okay. Say, say. You can hear me? Wow. I could see you talking, but I can't hear you. That's strange. Really? Here. Okay. I think I might know why. I think I might know why, actually. Hang on. Hang on. Voice and video. Nope. Don't know why. It's <laughs> probably on my end. I see you talking. I can't hear you, though. That doesn't help me. That doesn't help what anyone. Let me hold on a second. Discord. Yes. Monitor. Uh, yeah, there's something going on with my little audio feeds today. 
Let me get you on. Let me restart that. It wouldn't be the show if it were not for technical difficulties. Esma, es, hello? Hi, right, can you hear me? Oh, hear again. You're it's like children. Bit. You're seen and not heard. Hold on. You're like children should be. Uh, huh. Let me. Oh, I've got another solution potentially. And hopefully, I'm not gonna say it. All right. Um. Checking again. Checking again. Source not running. Missing audio. Cool. Watch this. I think I've got a way to do this. Hopefully, I don't create feedback. I was trying to interview my friend months ago. A friend of mine. Hello. Nope, don't want that. Um, friend of mine, but I could not get the audio working correctly, so that was very frustrating. Discord. All right. I can hear you, but I could also hear me. Yeah. Oh. Well, here's here's what's here's the problem I'm noticing. I can't. You're not going now to the OBS. Hold on, hold on a second. Good guy. I'm wondering if it's something on my. Oh, you're there. Okay. Hold on. Well. Oh. I think there's two of my voices now. Nope. Okay. Weird. I, I don't know how to do this without restarting. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to switch my AirPods over to my phone and listen to you there because I can see that you're talking to me. And let's try that. Problem solving, multitasking. It's hard to do all. It's hard to be everything all the time, everywhere. Um, everywhere all at once. Actually, well, actually, here's what I'll do. Here is what I'll do. I, I'm I'm not letting you in. I can't multitask. It's very difficult for me. Let me put these earphones over. Look at this. Multiple earphones, just so I can hear Will talking. I mean, we, we do what we can, right? Join voice. Okay, Will, I can hear you now. Will? What? I can't. I can't see you now. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm signed in. Hold on. Okay, give me another 30 seconds. I mean, I, 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 I got to log, out. I gotta log in as Aristotle Fuller Throttle because you can't log into two places out on Discord as part of their whatever it is. Login location. Please check your email. Why is it got to make? Look, I don't remember my passwords. What they say, you got to change that password. And then they'll be like, you got to change that password again. Oh, I've got it. I got a. I got a self-tape audition. Good golly. And another audition. 
12 tape for Blue Moon, do casting networks by tomorrow at 12 p.m. I got to do that. You better get cracking. Please just let me know if we can confirm. Uh, well, I'm going to have to do that right after the show. Yes, please. <laughs> That's my agent. I'm doing so many things right now. Busyness is not a bad thing. Huh. Uh, Infinity. Oh, I'm probably not supposed to tell you what the brand was, which is interesting. I don't know if I'll get it. Here's why. Um, <clears throat> I was just in a car commercial, and sometimes they have like this uh, exclusivity in car commercials. Well, can't be in another. I'm going to pretend I didn't hear right, that brand, well, but I know that that brand is here. It is affiliated with another brand. Yeah, close. Got it. Stop giving me all these screens. Let's try it again. All right. I think I can hear Whoa. you. Whoa. You can? Hello? Maybe you can. I don't know. Oh, my good golly. Well, I can't hear you. Uh, I wish there was a chat that actually was real time with... The, uh, this thing. is I'm not making any sense now. I hear that. <laughs> There's so many people watching me try to figure out how to listen to Will. Hey, Will. All right, I'm, I'm trying it talking? again. Any luck? I see no. you talking up there. No I can't see you talking mm. here. Mm. Hold on. Let's do this. Let's, yeah, let's get out of here. This, uh, this is wonderful. I may think. I have no solution to this. I might. Mike House says, have you heard rumors about Hayden Christensen playing Nova in uh, Got Game of the Thrones G3? Go to the G-O-T-G. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Interesting. I did not. Uh, who is General Grievous or Luke in Episode 6? I love that these Star, these Star Wars stands are coming in here. Hey, guys. Welcome, well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and boys and girls. Welcome to the show. Will, uh, don't yeah. know how to get you on the air right now. <laughs> it's okay. Um, uh, truly don't know. Hold, Maybe if I exit myself. I, I, um, let me, to answer your questions about Guardians of the Galaxy... Um, do not. I'm about, about to, to punch, punch a fool right now. To answer your question about Guardians of the Galaxy 3, I did not hear about Hayden Christensen ever acting again, other than being an Obi Wan Kenobi, which. He's fine. He's, he's good, good in that. I don't mind. mind. I liked I him, him as Darth Vader. As Darth Vader. Vader. Uh, uh, Tom Hagen says, Who wins Joe Grievous or Luke? Luke? Episode 6. Episode 6? You mean, like, that's, that's a good question. question. I'm glad, glad you asked, asked it. it. Thank, Thank you for coming. coming. Uh, uh, I, I would say, hello? That was me. Yeah. I can hear you now. That was you this time? Thank God, because I was freaking out. Hello? Because you went to your the stupid no, stuff. Wait, Wait for, for it. it. Wait, Wait for, for it. it. I'm waiting. Um. Hello? Hello? Will. Yes. Now, now I can hear you. 
Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. okay. Well, well, hang, hang on. on. We, we got to field these questions, questions here. here. Uh, uh, yeah, I was thinking about the questions. You, the first one about, I think Hayden Christian's too old to play Nova. Play, play Nova? Nova? Hold. Um, yeah, I have to mute one of my voices here. Um, you think he's too old to play Nova? Interesting. Yeah. Well, I think, I, like, is who is, do you know who's playing uh, uh, Adam Warlock? It's that dude with the eyebrows who's going to play Pennywise. Um, oh, it's one of the uh, the the Sarsgars. One of the Sarsgars, yes. No, no, no. Right. It's not. It's not the Sarsgard. It was the other guy from uh, Bandersnatch. Did you, did you see that Netflix interactive video where you had to like press I all the buttons? Did not. I got like halfway through the. Or maybe I got all the way through the first season of the Black Mirror, and I didn't stick with it. So when that came out, I was just like, "Oh yeah, I still got to watch all the other stuff." So I never got around to it. Gotcha. Um, I'm lazy. Is there still an echo in my mic? Hey, Ange. Let's play Ange's intro real quick while I troubleshoot. She can be our hey, ears on the street. She can be the sound. Oh, but I'm not. What? But I can, baby. Shut up and give us your money. Is there still an echo? Welcome, and I can hear it. You can hear an echo, or no? It, you, you sound like Joe DiMaggio. Oh, you mean Lou Gehrig? This is my the Thank greatest you. day Thank you. in the history of the world. Is everybody out there? No echo sounds fine, says Ange. All right, well, uh, here, maybe if I mute. I'm content. I don't care. I can hear you. I can understand what you're saying. Okay, okay. Let me just see if I can actually mute my... Is that better? Did that work? Yes. Got it. Perfect. Okay. We did it! <laughs> so We are in there. We actually Freaking were able to... Freaking Millennium Falcon did. did it. Wait a second. <laughs> that, that, that was just a little triumphant Star Wars dance. <laughs> Uh, today. Okay, I just got excited because I'm going to go see John Williams at the at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, every year I go. Uh, so as long as he's alive. So the dude who plays Adam Warlock is going to be Guardians of the Galaxy three. He got swole. He got real big. Uh, Adam Warlock. He's definitely known for not being a big dude, but he got all like Chris Hemsworth big to to be in this. Uh, it's it's who draws them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There's the art because a lot of times the all these superheroes have these like skin tight physique, like uh, accentuating things. Adam Warlock, originally known as him or Adam, is a fictional character appearing in the American comic books. Who is he going to play? Adam Warlock. Will Poulter. Will Poulter. This dude got jacked. Uh, swole. Yes. Poulter. You said he played Pennywise. He was originally cast as Pennywise, and then he had to draw, lose the role. He had to leave oh, the role. Oh, okay, yeah. there we go. But that's which is always no that's, a, that's an, always an interesting story. Dude got super swole. If you want to like check out the uh, internet, it's kind of uncanny because he, he's not known for being a big guy, and somehow somehow he lifted weights, put them back down again, and now he's giant. The Marvel workout regimen. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta work out. 
Now, that was the first question. You think he's too old to play Nova, Hayden Christensen, in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Well, uh, the way the character is traditionally portrayed, he's younger. He's kind of like space Spider-Man in a certain way. Gotcha. Well, now, now here's a really good question for everybody at home. Who wins, General Grievous or Luke, Episode 6? Well, that's a good question. I would say that if you look at the Season 2 ending of, of The Mandalorian, Luke Skywalker's full power is on display, and he dispatches all of these, um, what were they called, shadow bots? The dark dark troopers. Dark troopers. He dispatches the dark troopers like butter. He doesn't really have any problem. And General Grievous has no technique. If you ask me, General Grievous, he just spins the lightsabers. (laughs) That's not a technique. He just, and I would say that Luke would, would not have a problem um, but then again, the way that Obi-Wan beats General Grievous, as we all remember, he shoots him in the organic heart with a blaster, which is so uncivilized. Um, yeah. So how would Luke kill General General Grievous? Well, I'm going to challenge you and say that the Mandalorian Luke is not episode six Luke, because isn't it supposed to be like a few years after it is, so that means, yeah, he's definitely powered up since then, probably. Um, oh, yeah. But do you think, it's it's actually like four or five years after the end of Return yeah, of the Jedi. that's what I thought. I wasn't sure how many. Because yeah. Boa, like, it, well, see, we're getting into the continuity conflict there. Because if, if, if it truly is that long before, then we're saying that Boba had sat without food or drink. In the belly of a sarlacc. Yeah. For years. Yeah, well, I, I think... Here's my explanation for that. I think the sarlacc keeps you alive. Just keeps your body alive. And like, like, think about it this way. Remember in the movie Alien, where Tom Skerritt was uh, against the wall, yeah. and he, he had, like, actual live maggots all over his face? The, the alien was keeping him alive for to eat later. So I think that right, that's what the Sarlacc but he does. He didn't have on the uh, what's the metal? The Beskar. He didn't have Beskar. Beskar. How can you feed a person through Beskar? It's very rare Beskar. You have to wear it. It is the most indestructible metal. I love that. I love that Werner Herzog is is a actor. Also, it is very important. Yeah. That you wear the best car. Answers, <laughs> uh, I saw the picture of him, dude, huge. Yeah, he's he got big. Will Porter, should, Porter, should talk about. Golden John, John Ion, Golden John Ion says, ever noticed that Marvel would rather find funny guy and make them swole than a swole guy and make them funny? Yeah, I think that the latter is more difficult. I think that intrinsically, if you have a comic timing, you can you. Uh, you can do anything. You do, you do, you you do you so much. You could do anything. Um, <laughs> uh, I think that if you intrinsically have a natural talent like Kamel Nanjiani, and then they just say, "Okay, now eat this and lift this," that's an easier right. program to get to a point. I think the the ability to act and the ability to be funny is the thing you're looking for. That's the diamond in the rough, and then you can like. You could do physically, um, you could physically adapt so much 
more readily, I think. The brain is able to adapt. I think, though, it's a good question, Golden John Ion, because there are so many people out there that are funny only because they're good actors, like Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett was funny in the movie Don't Look Up, and she was funny in Thor Ragnarok because she's an incredible actor and it was written well. So she knows how to be funny. I don't. I just don't think she's a funny person in in real life. IRL. She's. I've seen her in interviews. She's a very serious actor, but that's the, that's why she's so great. And Anthony Hopkins too. Anthony Hopkins can be a little bit funny though. But the reason he's so funny is because he's being written and directed by Taika Waititi in the last two Thor movies. Um, was he in the last? Sort of, not really. Just a flashback. Briefly. In, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see. P- Plughouse says, Grievous wipes the floor with Luke. All right. Yeah, you I'm know what? Disagree. I think Luke would have somehow the edge. Luke got the drop on Darth Vader. So, look. you got to sit there and ask yourself, does Luke... Uh, if Luke can beat Vader... Episode six, he got the drop. He cut Vader's hand off. He was going to kill him. He said, but nah, I'm a real Jedi. I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to chop your hand off. It's like my hand got chopped off. So Luke definitely could take General Grievous if he could take Vader. Come on now. But he used his rage. He used the dark side. How he did at Jabba's Palace. That, that whole setup. That, yeah. that level of strategy and skill that he displayed, that's more who you would get against Grievous versus his fight against Vader, because his fight against Vader was emotional. Yeah. Grievous, he's not going to care. He's just like, I'm just going to get rid of this guy. <laughs> he's right. going to embarrass Grievous. I think so, too. I think Luke wins in that scenario. And Geno says he doesn't just spin them, he spins them really fast. <laughs> Surprised he doesn't fly up off the ground. I was gonna say that's like the sword fighting version of falling style. It's not saying it's, a whole lot. Uh, Plughouse reminds us that Mandalorian is five years after Return of the Jedi, after Death Star Two, the battle for for Endor, I suppose. Uh, Bautista excluded. He was both. Bautista. Oh wait, Golden John Eyes. Yeah, Bautista is good because he's 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 he had all of those years. Um, being a performer and and a comic performer like like listen lest we forget the, the professional wrestling is very much a, like a is a very much a comedy show <laughs> it's very much a all right i got some drama. expertise on that one there I, I, I was a fan of his work at that time he, he yeah, didn't I, get to be very funny right he but was I, like go ahead Oh, I was just going to say, his whole role there, there was to be super intimidating, and it wasn't until very late that they also let him be an asshole. Right. But I think that that's all for the sake of drama and comedy. Dramedy. Yes, so, yes, they're definitely playing to the crowd. I mean, is there anything more exciting than professional wrestling? I don't think so. I think that that's like the best, the closest thing we've got to, to actual drama. <laughs> and fun. And it's it's pretty i just remember being a kid watching professional wrestling every wrestling every saturday monday night and whatever and uh just be like 
like I had to follow it week to week. I had to know what was going on with who and who right. was fighting what. And I said it was very important to know whose rivalry and and it was so shocking when people would split uh, their allegiances and then join the other side. And you're like, oh no, Hollywood yeah. Hulk, what? <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, I remember that, one of the saddest moments of my childhood was watching, you know, how Hulk Hogan has that, I am a real American. It's just so right. Yeah, and he plays the guitar, I guess. So, <laughs> they had a scenario where there was a wrestler, and if I remember correctly, it was Earthquake. I don't know. Oh, I Earthquake. I remember Earthquake. Wait. Was it Earthquake? Yeah, there was, there was an earthquake, there was also a typhoon, and there was Yokozuna. They were all large. Well, I remember men. Earthquake was a gigantic sumo-style wrestler. No, that was, that was Yokozuma. Earthquake was, was an Earthquake tall. was a more edge-shaped Yes, that's what I mean. Guy who, yeah. Who actually was you a sit on your chest. He was, he was a white guy, he, yes. They both yeah, did, actually. Yeah, yeah. That was his move. <laughs> Yeah, but when Earthquake debuted, it was in the rivalry with Hulk Hogan, and they had him crush Hulk Hogan with his derriere by sitting on his chest. Yeah. And so to to build the drama of Hulk Hogan's going to be away for a while because he's injured because this happened, they showed the chest sitting in slow motion of Hogan being crushed. <laughs> and for this this montage, they played it. Real American, his theme song at like quarter speed to make it sad. And as a kid, I remember being <laughs> so affected by that, like, oh, no, no, And now you realize how hilarious it is. <laughs> I realized shortly thereafter. <laughs> like, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, they, they, they pull every dramatic thing again. Like, if you want to learn the art of pantomime, just watch professional wrestling. Got it. That's, That's the, all the, they do. Pantomime is a good, uh, a word for it. Samuel Samuel Miller says the rock plays the same role in every movie. That's true. And he's in the jungle. Just remember that the rock will be in the jungle in a movie and he'll be, yeah. he'll say it doesn't matter. Uh, but <laughs> Bautista excluded. I was saying earlier, uh, once I get to 1 million subscribers, remember to subscribe, like, and share these videos. Also, you could become a member, a subscriber on Twitch or Patreon. And that gives you access to the discord where we could chat live here on the air. Remember to do that. Because that would help support and grow this channel. Uh, the Rock plays the same role in every movie. Uh, I was saying earlier that once I get to one million, I'm gonna shave my whole head, and I said I'll probably be like a shiny rock. I'll look like Dwayne Johnson after <laughs> I just shave all this head off, all the shit off, shed off. Uh, Golden John Ion says doesn't mean that she's doing. It. Wait, let's see. True, she knows how to hit her mark. Let's go back up here. I think. Let's have a hit remarks at delivered lines because, oh, I think it's going back to Kate Blanchett being great at acting. Doesn't mean that she's doing a tight 20 at a comedy club. Correct. Uh, and Unless somebody wrote it once for her. They write it for her. That's the trick. Now, that's a really good discussion, I think. When I'm watching a movie and there's a character who has to be a stand up comedian, right? Now, think the picture of this in your head. There's a show called Marvelous Miss Maisel, which is pretty good, but sometimes it misses because actors doing stand-up has to be funny. And we all know what funny is because we react to funny. We see funny and we laugh involuntarily because that's how it works. It's a, it's a benign violation where <laughs> it's something that 
takes you off guard. You laugh. But when something is rehearsed by an actor, like stand-up comedy, when it has to do with time, you got to get a really good actor like Tom Hanks in the movie Punchline to be able to do that well. Uh, Sally Field does a good job in that movie too, but it's very difficult to portray stand-up comedy. That's one in a movie, unless it's a real stand-up in front of a real crowd because they're actually getting the real reaction. It's really difficult because I'm like, I hear those jokes and it doesn't sound funny to me. Like, so when there's a stand-up comedian in a TV show or a movie and the audience is like laughing out of control, but what they're saying isn't quality material, that always jumps out at me and breaks down my suspension of disbelief all the time. That and when there's like music... I was saying this the other day. I used to watch the show Empire with just Juicy Smollier, and we got Terrence Howards, and we got uh, Cookie. You got everybody in that show. It's a great show. It was, it, and when I say great, and I'm saying it's like a soap opera, like professional wrestling. But the characters in the show would have a quote hit song. <laughs> Juicy Smollier would be dancing in a music video, like spinning around, singing a song, and then. And they'd be like, that's a real hit song that you're playing. And I'm like, it's not, though. I'm hearing that song. It's not good. It's not a good song. It's not a hit. It doesn't sound like Britney Spears to me. <laughs> so, like, right. so it, it's very difficult. Like, the movie A Star is Born wouldn't work if that main song wasn't actually heartfelt and pretty. And it's a good song. Uh, it's not even a complete song, in, in my opinion. You know? how it goes um you guys know you know what song we're talking about the oscar winning lady gaga mark ronson song uh Um, that's a good song. If it, if it didn't work, that movie wouldn't work. If the show Empire actually had hit songs on it, like if it, you know what they should have done? They should have just used existing hit songs in reality that we love, just like Puff Daddy did when he said, uh, I'll be missing you <laughs> with a song for, <laughs> just like Puff, P. Diddy, he was Puff Daddy back then, just like Diddy said, I'll be missing you, but he's like, but remember, this is already a hit song in real life. So what you got to do, Hollywood, is license a really good hits classic song where in the movie, they don't know that song. They don't know that song, but we know that song. So they do a cover of, of a song that's already great, that was already proven to be great in IRL. And then you just say, see, for instance, for instance, when I was watching Black Beer with Miley Cyrus... That episode, I was like, she keeps singing a song called um, Down in a Hole. Uh, not Down in a Hole. Like as you saw, I'd rather die than give you control. Head like a hole. She was singing Head like a Hole. The melody. The whole episode, I was like, did you see that episode, Will? No, I did not. The whole episode, she's like, da 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 but she's not singing those lyrics she's not singing the nine inch nails lyrics and i was like why is she singing head like a hole 
but using different lyrics the whole episode. And I was like, it's a good song, though, because it's already Head Like a Hole by Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> and right. then at the end of the movie, uh, at the end of the episode of Black Mirror, you, spoiler, spoiler, she finds herself, quote unquote. I mean, you could still watch it. It's a journey. And then she's singing Head Like a Hole with the lyrics of Head Like a Hole. So it's like a pop song for the first part of this show and at the end of the show it's an industrial sounding rock song where she's singing head like a hole the actual lyrics proper so Ah, i'm so contrary i can't help myself so i didn't like the song from a star this morning at all you didn't like it let me sing it to you I'll give you an example of a movie that took material that didn't exist and made a hit song out of it. The biggest song from the movie I don't like, but there are the other songs I love, and that's Once. I've always advocated for Once. Once by Pro Jam? The Once, the movie. Once I broke in. Uh, no, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Falling slowly and all that stuff. Jeez. Jog my memory. What? You, you you haven't seen the movie once? I've only I've seen it maybe twice. The swell season. Swell season. What? What are you talking about, Will? I don't know what you're talking about. Once. Oh, no. We, once. Yeah. The movie with Robin Williams, where he dies the movie and goes with to him. Glenn Hansard. No, that is a, a dream. What dreams may come. <laughs> it's actually on that on VHS. Looks pretty cool. I never saw it. I don't it know the movie okay. once. You should endeavor to watch that movie because okay. it is excellent. The movie on once. Every level. Yeah, once. Okay. I, I'm I'm impressed that you haven't seen once. Let me see. Let me Google this. Let me Google this once. Uh, movie. My phone is on low power. Awesome. <laughs> what else could go right? Let's see. Yikes. Once. Once. Musical romance. I never saw Don't it. The musicals. And this is the musical. Like that. Like, there are three musicals that I will like say. All right, I actually like these musicals. Moulin Rouge, what? Little Shop no. of Horrors. What? Yeah, actually, I don't even consider that a musical. Um, but once is one of them. Headwick and Andrew Inch is another. And then the Wisp would be the third. Did not see those. Um, None of them. I did not see Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Uh, though I was also, at Sundance when it came out. Did, okay, one. What do you so, think of Placebo as the band? I don't really think of them. <laughs> what songs? They, what did, wait, <laughs> they sing that song that says, uh, Friend in need is a friend indeed. Is that them? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. You can never uh, mistake that voice. Yeah. Uh, I think I saw them once, actually, at like a big lineup. Was, um, uh, I don't know, a placebo. It you know, it depends. Uh, I guess it can. They're good if you want them to be, or they could be in, inert. 
But anyway, they, <laughs> they did the whole soundtrack to the movie, and it, but it's it's up pulling them from what they were doing because it's you know it's set in the seventies, so it's got this glam rock thing going for it. So it's more just a straight like rock sound for them, and it worked for the rock band steady. like they like to do more modern stuff and their own stuff and add in, you know, the little techno elements, but that sound was very flattering to their band and made for a very fun listen when you're listening to them these songs that are actually really well written. It's like, oh, uh, check is, it out. Cause, but yeah, once, above all, like, for us to talk about Jeff Buckley yesterday. Yeah. We forgot to mention Tim Buckley, his dad. <laughs> well, I did in passing. Oh, you did. Okay. Very barely. I barely touched on it. But, I mean, he was kind of standoffish about that in a certain way, too. So. And Tim Buckley, I think, also committed suicide. Sadly. No, no. Oh, yeah. his drug overdose? Yes. Ah. And then Jeff didn't commit suicide. He, that was Death by Misadventure is probably the closest you can get to calling it that. It was, he was just little, inebriated and went to... And, yeah, yeah, just... Poor judgment. Don't go into a large body of water having drunken. Drinking. Fully dressed uh, with boots on. Like yeah. everything you could do to make it not good. That's unfortunate. Um yeah. Golden John Ion says the show I'm dying up here had that feeling you're talking about. I think you're yeah, you're referring to Going like, oh, comedian on the stage where the audience is laughing hysterically at jokes that aren't funny IRL is like, it's just kind of jarring. It's it's jarring and you, it's it just ruins my suspension of disbelief. Um, I can't stay on too much longer because I just got a notification that I have to do an audition that's due by noon tomorrow. And I have another audition that's entirely in Spanish that I have to do on Saturday. <laughs> Wish me luck, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to be like, no, poquito es uh, burrito. Listen, I like burritos. I'm not making fun of the Spanish language. I speak a lot of Spanish. A lot of it. I can pronounce every word if you give it, if you write it down for me. So that's what they did. And I will do that. Um, and I will act in Spanish. And I'll probably <laughs> sound like someone acting like a comedian. Uh, Ange says the song that repeatedly played in Macy's, JCPenney's, Dillard's over and over again. Uh, you're talking about a friend in need is a friend indeed. Um, yes. Well, now let's get back to the subject at hand. <laughs> She-Hulk, so, episode two. I have thoughts. The CGI, like, I understand the big controversy. I, they just need to pay people more. <laughs> they need to pay there people more. What, they what need to saying? pay their CGI people more. First oh, of all, right. I always pay them more money because it's showing. I'm like, I'm just having a hard time. You're having a hard time overcoming the uncanny valley of She-Hulk. Yeah, it, it definitely feels like a, a, a deep fake. It's like, oh. Yeah. But they, the, they, my girl. The problem is that she's so expressive as an actor. She's so good yeah. as a performer that it's weird to, again, it's, it's almost the same effect of being, of acting like a comedian because now yeah. you've got a, a real actor slash comedian, someone who's really genuinely funny and the good Tatiana Maslany. And now you're having to like 
ape her performance or whatever, like put translate her performance onto a totally CG, like the little idiosyncrasies that she will do for comic timing and effect. Yeah. And but I always get the problem with CG. Uh, thank you, Golden John Ions. Best of luck. The problem that I always get with CG is that it's so weirdly fluid, and humans are more jerky, which yeah. is which is what I like about <laughs> humans are a bunch of jerks. Was what I like. Is also true. <laughs> what I like about uh, well, I like about <laughs> everything reminds me of the song. What I like about Gollum. Gollum, he's got that. His eyes will twitch and look around your face. Yeah. And, and it's it's very unsettling. But like every time there's a CG character in a show or in a video game, every character is CG. Um, unless it's Mortal Kombat. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> the original, two, three, like there, uh, there's this weird, like, like floaty motion that they have to. For some reason, they can't just make us a, a CG character just sit still. Like they, for some reason, they always have to be like this. <laughs> you ever notice that? Like every time a CG character walks in, they're like, "Oh, hey." They're like floating, just in. Like if you look at most of the motion capture for facial expressions, they they gotten really refined with that, and they detailed the points of articulation far beyond what we're used to. But for body motion capture, they still it doesn't rival that at all. So it's almost as if they're compensating for not really capturing that the the kinesthesia. Of the the performance, like they they they're they're so focused on getting the actor acting with their face that the body language and the posture and their mannerisms doesn't come across because to a certain extent, like in the case of Tatiana Maslany, they're scaling her up. Like I'm first of all, I'm trying to figure out all right, how how freaking tall is she supposed to be? Because no, because it's inconsistent. It yeah, isn't. I did right? notice that. And it's like ridiculously tall at the same time too. So it, it the the scale of it, like they're not gonna really be able to really do a good job of capturing her own body language because her proportions aren't like that. Like if you made Tatiana Maslany seven feet tall, like the the length of her arms and legs and her torso and body would be in proportion to her head, where it would she would be huge, but it would still be her. Right. But what they've done is they stretched her limbs and made it so that it's not in sync with the size of her head. So her right. body doesn't move like, like it. Right. Really, it really does look like they put like a a capture of her face on a stick. <laughs> Interesting. That's <laughs> and and that's what's acting is her face. Ah, I see what you're saying. That yeah, because of her proportions as a person when you exaggerate them as the She-Hulk, it doesn't quite translate. I think they did a good job with Thanos, actually. Because Thanos, I I believed... Definitely, I mean, I would say that, like... um, Yeah, Thanos... Do you think... this This is a question I have. Do you think they constantly go back and secretly upgrade the CG? You know, I mean... You got to think about the amount of endorphins people were experiencing when we first saw that movie. So do we actually have an accurate memory anyway? 
That's the thing. I, I honestly, because a lot of times they'll send out a trailer and the and it's not full res or whatever. Like they haven't yeah. like they haven't fully um, rendered the the CG character. Like the CG character isn't like full resolution rendered as that character. And that's a lot of people are saying. If the Corridor Crew, if you watch those guys on YouTube, they're really entertaining and they talk about they break down visual effects. They were talking about how they were defending She-Hulk and saying, "Look, this is the reason why she looks that way is cuz it's not full res. It's not full uh res yet." So you, and also the things that sell Bruce Banner as Smart Hulk or his, and like say Thanos or something. It's like they've got stubble and a lot of imperfections in the skin and there yeah. there's a you know, women on in general in society uh, will use like makeup. A lot of people use makeup, not just women, but like to cover up like any kinds of like to smooth out the skin. So that's kind of what they're doing right. digitally with She-Hulk. I don't know if that's sexist or whatever, but they are making her face look more smooth. And and uh, I mean, Tatiana Maslany has nice skin, so they're translating that to the, like that smooth Hulk face. And I think that, that kind yeah. of can affect what we're, we're how we're perceiving that this like a smooth cartoon face instead of having like a lot of like divots and, and uh, stubble facial hair and all kinds of things that help sell the character. Yeah. Yeah, To their credit, I will say, I feel like what they've done with the face itself and I'm being very specific the face is actually well done because I see her through the, the CGI. It's I yeah. see her performance, and it clearly is Tatiana Masai. I'm not confused about that anyway. But then, like, and I guess I'm not paying as close attention, but I give her quite the mane and hair? her hair. Yeah, but and it doesn't seem to be as alive. Um, <laughs> so yeah. and that that's the beginning. So from the hair to the shoulders. The things that frame her face when she's acting, and then any arm gestures, it's lost because it seems like it's it's Futurama. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is gonna, I don't mean to be mean, but it's like one of those heads in a jar that they didn't put on the robot body. <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. Now, and, now and it's distracting for me in that way. Okay, so the show is distracting visually for you now what do you think about the story and the characters i think they're establishing their storytelling mechanism very well right now um i don't want to be negative (laughs) i don't want to be negative that's uh, that's a double negative how about i want to be positive (laughs) right yeah well, what I'm going to say, I just don't know how it's going to come across. But this show they, is garbage. I hate it. That's what you're saying. No, no. I think they found a way to weave in different things from the actual films that have come out in the last year and a half, two years, right. into the show, and it's going to make sense. But it it's going to undermine those movies in a way because if the best they could do is tie into this show right. to make sense of why we've been watching these, it's just like is that why they did that in that movie? Like, because there are things that, like, in retrospect, it seems like they were throwaways that you would hope are leading to something bigger. Um, and I'm well, trying to be as unspoilerific as possible, but... Here's the thing. I'm enjoying the heck out of the show. <laughs> I'm having a really good time fun. watching it. Yeah, it's but super fun. Cost. 
I don't think there's any cost. I think if I just think of it as a cartoon show, a cartoon lawyer show, yeah. um, that's how I'm watching Harvey it. Birdman. And I'm like, I'm looking at it as the characters. And I'm like, it, this is a law show. This is a legal show. It's a legal procedural comedy with a character who happens to be able to turn into a Hulk. And I think that they are doing, I think they're doing a pretty good job with what the, the subject matter is. I Personally, I think um, it's hard to sell that kind of concept as a, a thing. So you've got to be a little bit funny about it. You've got to be self-referential about it, which they are. They're, they're saying stuff like, I thought it was hilarious. The line is kind of, a, it's not really a spoiler because it doesn't give it anything away, but there's a part in this episode where Bruce Banner or Smart Hulk, they're on the phone together, and she's like, and he's like, yeah, that was a long time ago. I was a totally different person totally different back then. Person. Literally. Yeah. Like, that it's is, like could... yeah, that's the comedy I, I think I truly enjoy, that that sort of self-referential, silly, like, look, just go with the story, okay? <laughs> Like that's so I I I forget I have a lot of forgiveness for the show because I'm not I'm not too distracted at all by, it. but I hear what you're saying that it's it she's a cartoon basically she's a cartoon yeah it's hype. not the deal breaker yeah it almost feels like it might have been better as a cartoon show um right we'll see um my my hope is that they pull it all together in a really nice way and it doesn't have to be a jarring like second half of the season pivot which right. is what what the Mandalorian look at Boba Fett pivoted mid-season <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking more like even WandaVision like WandaVision okay. had its thing and it was great and it did its thing and then it made this hard turn for like the last two or three episodes and it was just like oh is it going to become the normal thing now is it going to just be the standard Marvel shtick my problem with WandaVision is I tried rewatching it and it's just way too slow. <laughs> the first yeah. three episodes are really slow. If they're not unfolding for the first time for you and you're kind of like just piquing your interest as to what's to come, because that's how I think when we watched it here on Aristotle Full Throttle, we were like, oh, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? And it was like a nice little tease. But now you watch, now I rewatch it. I'm like, get to the part. <laughs> Get to, like this, yeah, they're, you, they're spending you know a long time. Yeah, there's a long time we got to go through for this show. But um, but I mean, it's pretty good storytelling. So the way they did it, but it's it's kind of a one one off for me that season. Yeah, I think in part I'm enjoying it. I think the half hour runtime makes it feel more like it should have been a cartoon too. <laughs> yeah, because that was just are really short, and I mean. Are we really gonna get the courtroom scene? Are we really gonna get a case? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, listen. You think this it's this get there? this episode? Yes, this episode was really good, in my opinion. I think that because now we're gonna get into spoiler territory. If you didn't see, we see She Hulk uh, episode two. You know, speak now, or forever hold your peace. Give me a countdown. Five. Four, Four, three, three two, two, one. All right, spoiler time. Now check this out. Tim Roth is in this movie. I mean, show this episode. <laughs> Tim Roth is in this episode because he is an abomination. Um, but I, you know, they kind of give him the 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 fake 
uh, Mandarin treatment <laughs> a little bit. It's, he's kind of like this, yeah. you know what I mean? He's kind of like this um, hippie dippy guy who has found peace uh, because he's turned back into his human form. And he's like, look, I'm not going to, I'm just me hang out here and he's, and I'm going to be chill and, and write haiku. Um, but Tim Roth is a good actor. You know what? Sadly, Tim Roth had a really good monologue in this episode, but I don't think he delivered on it. This dude is an incredible... He's so great, but I... Mm. They, it feels like they tried to dial out the humor a little too much for yes. what he's done with. I think Tim Roth was going for a little bit more intensity, and they told him to pull back on it. Cause, and you could see he's pulling... I, I could see as someone who... I don't even know. I've watched a lot of movies. I've, I've studied a lot of acting and stuff like that. but Or at least as far as... Anybody can see this. If you're a character in a show, uh, and the there's an emotion that you feel like they could be going for, but they're not. That's what I felt like during that scene. I felt like, oh man, he could be really, he can be very intense with what he's saying right now, but he's he's pulling back yeah. and not being. He's trying not to scare the children. So I thought that that was an interesting. Uh, performance yeah. from tim roth because that guy always is good um, yes. but he's in it and i like the idea that he convinced her to take on the case because it was like he's convincing the audience hey look i'm not such a bad guy here's what happened i got a raw deal and it's true it's true he got a raw deal <laughs> like and but he's, he's also a scoundrel so. he's also a scoundrel yeah he's also kind of a jerk but that's the that's the character also reveals that about himself a little bit later in the episode, you're like, oh, he broke out and, and he went to the Shang-Chi movie. Well, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> what is this? All right. So, Sorry, I was playing Amberlynn. Spoilers, we go. But, uh, I mean, we know that the Sorcerer Supreme is the guy who's wrong. So, there's... So, Wong, dude. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that, so, um, and because Wong like takes him out of there after he loses and they, uh, takes him back to wherever. It, in the movie, we didn't know anything about that, and then, so it could be something bigger, but mm. we 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 won't know for a while. Or it could just be, oh, we're just gonna use that for shield. That's what I was kind of hinting towards earlier. It's like, all right, either this is a part of something bigger, or if that was just set up just so that they could have something to do in she hulk <laughs> Oh, right. Well, I think they really are thinking that way. I think they're really sewing all of the properties together arbitrarily by just sprinkling a little of this into that and a little mm-hmm. that into this. So they're, they're really cognizant of that because they want you to buy everything. It's called cross-promotion. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, like, Disney is the best at that. Especially, I mean, it's only a matter of time before they combine star wars with the marvel universe it's just a matter of, it's it's going to be the patent oswald yeah. speech at the end of parks and rec uh, the filibuster like guys do yourself a favor and google that because Patton oswald talks about how star wars and the millennium falcon and thanos and the infinity gauntlet is all one big thing <laughs> he's he, have you seen he that rant? Like no i have not i only watched a few hit episodes of Parks and Rec. I never really got into that show, but I came up with a theory that got me blackballed by my friends that uh, connected Star Wars and Star Trek together. We probably talked about it on here at some point. 
Star Wars and Star Trek. Well, I think we have. Um, not sure I can get into that today. Cause, I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> you got your your audition. Yeah, I'm starting to get. I'm starting. I'm like, oh, and now I'm counting the hours before I have to. I've got to practice. So that's a, that's the thing about. Like I live my life now as an artist. <laughs> like I have the artist life, which is which ain't bad. I like it. This is kind of what I play music, and I practice, and I and I audition for TV shows and movies. This is what I do now. It could be much worse. It could be much worse. I mean, I usually and photography. I've only ever lived as someone, who, uh, you know, an art technician, an artist, a craftsperson here in LA for the last almost 11 years, which is, I'm very grateful for. Like I've only, while I've been here, only ever worked as a photographer, actor, or musician. I've, I've actually, yeah, been paid as a musician several times. Before that, I was just a professional musician all day. Um, so I can't, I, I gotta say, I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked about that. <laughs> here, Patton Oswalt, um, talk uh, Parks and Rick. Uh, we're going to listen to a little bit of that Parks and Rec filibuster because it's he just starts to that we can hear your connection between Star Trek and oh advertisements and five with them alright Parks and Rec I'm going to put it on like twice the speed because it's just hilarious John Williams fanfare, uh, followed by a scroll to be written. I would like to mention that Brian De Palma wrote the original opening scroll for Star Wars Episode 4 New Hope. I think it would be a nice nod uh, to the franchise if you would write this opening scroll. Uh, and now, the son of Patrick Bean, uh, we are now close to the Mount of the Sarlacc Pit. After a beat, the gloved Mandalorian armor gauntlet of Boba Fett grabs onto the sand outside the Sarlacc Pit, and the feared bounty hunter pulls himself from the maw of the Sandies. Okay, this and is we, exactly... And we realize uh, that he survived his fall uh, during the battle at Jabba's uh, palace ship. Then, to a hard cut uh, to a repurposed uh, Imperial destroyer. Uh, which has now been taken over by the rebels. Uh, Commander Luke Skywalker, now a full Jedi Knight, uh, training new Padawans, uh, is using, ironically, uh, his father Anakin's red lightsaber, which will be uh, a symbolic, I think, visual for his battle uh, with how to uh, both bring about the new uh, Jedi Order uh, while still um, acknowledging his father's uh, fall from grace. Uh, as he is training the Padawan <laughs> outside of the control uh, window to a nearby asteroid, where we see, and please allow me to finish this because it's going to jump, we see Thanos, who was the villain teased at the end of the first Avengers movie. Now, Thanos, as you know, owns the Infinity Gauntlet, which has the time gem, the mind gem, the power gem, the space gem, and the reality gem. If he holds the reality gem, that means he can jump from different realities. This will be our link from the, the universe, from the Star Wars universe. Uh, <laughs> we then cut to Earth. Uh, Tony Stark uh, realizes okay, uh, that there okay. is. See, Tony Stark realizes. Is that that I, know Stark... I know who that is. I'm the first person I know. Tony Stark realizes. I, I do not recognize uh, the chair. Tony Stark realizes that there has been a disturbance uh, in, in what he will call a time ribbon. Uh, for the time being, I will allow J.J. Uh, Abrams to think of a better uh, term for this. Uh, and and he then starts to assemble uh, the, the cream of the Marvel universe, not not the second tier superheroes that we saw in the first Avengers movie. I'm sorry, but Hawkeye and Black Widow are not first tier. He would go find uh, <laughs> Spider-Man. Spider-Man exists in that universe. He would go find Moon Knight. He would go find Daredevil. He would go uh, find Hercules, and then that can bring in the entire uh, pantheon of Greek gods that we saw in Clash and Wrath of the Titans. So now we have a giant three uh, franchise tie-in. Now cut back to uh, the Imperial Star Destroyer. Uh, Luke uh, gets a visit from, and we only show this from the boots up first, so we show these black boots with the, and then we pan up and, oh my god, it's Han Solo. But he's old, older and grizzled and, and really like focused and cool. Like he's seen some really bad stuff and he actually seems shaken. And, and Luke is like, what's wrong, old buddy? And that's when Han drops Chewbacca's severed head onto the floor. Yes, in front of no all the Padawans. Kids are not like it. Kids are not Please let me finish. Thank you. The <laughs> Padawans are all horrified. And uh, 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 Han says that the planet Kashiak has been destroyed by this very mysterious force. Now, we it's know, interesting he said that. Thanos is beginning to gather uh, power. So anyway, it's very funny it just keeps going on and on and he's like combining all the it's universes a it's a filibuster <laughs> and here's the funny thing about that uh, i was actually thinking this the other day because i have two heads of chewbacca over there i have the head of bring me the head of chewbacca i think 
Like, why didn't they just do that for one of the Star Wars? It's like, just bring me the head of Chewbacca. You know, like, just said to anyone, like, no, it could be a whole episode. Not like the three second Chewbacca's dead. No, he's not in episode nine. <laughs> like, I feel like they they needed to do some kind of like real gutting type of thing. Like, maybe not kill Chewbacca. I don't know, but you don't kill someone's dog. So that's a th- just just ask just ask John Wick. <laughs> wow, but, you just produced Chewbacca to the dog. He's a, he's man's best friend. Um, <laughs> Chewbacca is so much more than a dog, but I think they could have really felt they could have really hit us in they could have really punched us in the cockles about it. So I don't think that they're going to do that to any character. That you don't technically have to reservoir from the dead with the guy to keep them in the series. So three PO, R2, and Chewbacca. They're safe. They're always safe. They're plot armored. Technically um, Vader is safe too, by that standard. And I guess well, not anymore for Boba Fett. <laughs> Alright, lead us out with uh, your connection between Star Trek and Star Wars, and then I've got to set up to do a late night audition. We'll say that for another day. I want one spoiler thought from you about the episode this week. I what did you think about how they played the Hulk's future. Oh, so the Hulk was on. Uh, uh, a uh, what's it called? Skaskar, craft. He was on a um, Sakar space, Sakar and spacecraft. Interesting that they're probably going to tie in the Planet Hulk um, plotline or whatever. Because Inter- they kind of did that with with the last Thor, Thor Ragnarok, where he was fighting. Yeah, they did it with that one. Yeah, true. But there's another one they- where he conquests an actual planet. I think there's like where he's that like World War Hulk. World War Hulk. They, they're going there. Here's why. Here's why they're going there. They're going everywhere with everything. They're going to even have like Wolverine fight the Hulk and all this stuff. I think they're going to do all of that because that's what people refer to constantly. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, remember when the, mm-hmm. the, Hulk, the Hulk got killed by Wolverine and, or whatever? That's the old man Logan. Yeah, like eh, all this kind of stuff. The reason they're going to do it is because it would behoove them to do so. It would say they yeah. they need to build into those iconic things like the Infinity Gauntlet epic era saga phase. That was a huge deal in the comic book. So they said we're going to take it on. We're going to figure it out. So I think all of those classic iconic those bigger like the Secret Wars and all of those things they're just mm-hmm. doing it. They're just going to do it. Because those are the things that stick out in your mind when you think of Marvel comics from the last fifty years. Um, so, yeah, and it's officially on the slate. Too. Secret Wars is officially on the slate, so we know that. I can't remember. If, I know the uh, what's the Iron Man one where he has, there's an Iron Man plot line, that, and Don Cheadle's the star in that one. Um, I feel like oh, I should say Yeah. Uh, but, but I know that one is on there. We've got Secret Invasion is actually officially on the slate. So they're mixing like newer crossovers with ones from the past that are huge. And like Planet Hulk and World War Hulk uh, were like probably the biggest Hulk things. And then there was one more called 
oh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was like all of the hulks that have ever existed are like in this big conflict. Yeah. Because there's so many in the comics. I'm I think they're going to change the story about him having kids with uh, Jennifer, his cousin. <laughs> and having inbred kids. Oh, yeah, that's old man Logan. No, that's not. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, they they're gonna avoid that. that it's Disney. Yeah, uh, and they really can't touch that anyway because it's like that story is one of those where it's a deep established Wolverine. Like they would first have to get either Hugh Jackman and say, "All right, we're just gonna pretend that some version of what his movies were exists." But they're gonna have to start fresh with a Wolverine. Yeah. So, which the first appearance of Wolverine was in the whole comic book. So there's that. Um, so That's true. So bring him it's, in. it's inextricably linked. Um, but I, I think that that's very true. I think also um, another couple of things I liked about this episode in general were just that the conflict that was arising. It was like we're gonna hire you, but you got to Hulk out. Yeah. We're gonna hire you, but you gotta be, bring the wolf. Bring the wolf. Um, everybody out there, watch Teen Wolf while you're in between watching episodes of this show because yeah. it's it's very similar uh, character wise as far as the, what the character. On yeah, th- there's like a similar journey character wise. Is like who is who am I? That's the cool thing about the show. I think overall is that um, that Jennifer Walters is gonna find herself because she's being told a lot what to do by. By smart hulk you got to be a superhero and then the law firm is like you got to work for us but you got to be the, the hulk so you're intimidating and like you could also sympathize i guess or at least demonstrate that you are among the superheroes and while you're representing them um so it's interesting to me that that's i think the overall arc of the show is that she's going to come into her own and figure out who she's going to be i think that they are setting up a lot of the planet Hulk or the, the world war Hulk stuff. Um, I just think it's all coming down the pike because they, they know people refer to those comics. So they're going to make them. They're just going to, there's no, it's not like when we were kids and they'd be like, Oh, the thing about X-Men is they were like, we got to ground this in reality we got to make yeah. them look like we got to not give them the yellow spandex we have to even make fun of the fact that the x-men had yellow spandex and then they they brought us to the yellow spandex by the last few x-men movies but yeah. it took 20 years to get there almost it's like 18 years or something so you're like all right when are we just gonna throw our hands up in the air and just say let's just do what's in the comic books let's literally translate yeah. the page um and now they're doing it now they're doing it and i think they don't have any hesitation because they had to it started with tim burton i think um Uh i think tim burton said look you can interpret this material and make it stylized in the way that you see things and that was a whole branch of comic book movie direction because i think more or less the original superman is kind of a direct translation superman 1978 or 79 yeah that that movie superman the movie very direct translation from the page 1989's batman by tim burton very stylized by tim burton and prince (laughs) yeah jack nicholson and michael keaton and then you know 
even Christopher Nolan kind of tried to say like, okay, what if this guy existed in real life? Like, what would he need? How would he work? Um, which is a really good approach. But just, yeah, I think it kind of went back and forth. I think the early 2000s really wanted to get people on board with this idea. And also, I don't think the CG was there. Uh, right. Arguably, still isn't. I watch a half these movies. I'm watching half these movies, and I'm like, they are on a green screen right now. Like this, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. and and Chris Hemsworth or whatever, they are just standing in a room right now, getting paid dozens of millions of dollars to just stand there and talk to each other. And I'm like, yeah. good for them. They're that good. Pretty comfortable. Yeah. So they don't have to go anywhere. They have to just drive over downtown or Santa Monica, wherever. And then do the couple lines. Um, not, you know, it's it's great. It's great that they can sell their performances that way. Then it goes back to my argument that you know you got to be a good actor to be selling these stories. And yeah, yeah. I mean, we could go on. I, I think Tatiana Maslany is great. I think she's such a good actor that what you might be saying is that when they animate when she, the her Hulk version kind of taken away from her as a person and how much she's able to uh, and not doing their justice yeah. it does take some of the shine off of her as a yeah because when she goes back like I'm sorry not I'm not gonna ramble but when she has to change back when they're like uh no you can't come in here like this and then you see her and she's in the oversized suit and her the way she owns the the, the feeling of like okay now I it feels slightly inadequate but I gotta be assured that comes through or like when she's in the bar and she's like oh, different metabolism yeah. <laughs> yeah that was great it was a little showcase of her being funny um, and a great way to interpret that scene and she's a physical actress yeah cause she she, she gives us a classic prayer fall yeah. And, it's, and it was it's just a really funny like oh he's like we lost the case he's like no we didn't <laughs> <laughs> such a drunk move um all right well thank you for joining me will thank will you for having me. always always welcome on the show and remember out there you can subscribe like a chair and uh if you uh Donate to the Patreon or subscribe on Twitch. You get access to Discord, hang out, have private conversations about geeky stuff like this and fun stuff. And maybe, just maybe, songs. I'm not that. Love that riff. It's wicked. Did you get up with your audition? haven't watched House of the Dragon yet. Yes. I, I want you to watch that and uh, give us your take on that next time you're on air. Ange has called us out on the 45-minute outro. You are correct. It is the 45-minute outro. I will watch House <laughs> of the Dragon. You know what? Let's stay on the air for, for five more minutes, and that will have been two hours, and uh, that will be good. Top out, huh? Yeah, just top off the the thing. Here's the thing. On Twitch, they don't give you a credit for an hour unless you complete an hour, which is interesting. You have to no do rounding, all. Huh? Yeah, there's no there's no adding like if I did an hour and 40 minutes and an hour and 40 minutes that does not count as 3 hours and 20 minutes. It counts as 2 hours. So, 
Uh, yes, Ange. Forty-five minute outro. Well, I will. So we you do saw. It for her. We don't do it when she's not watching. We do this for for Ange. This like literally, Ange. We said that's it's our like secret a code. Callback. Here we go. Ange is here. Ange is here. Let's keep talking. Um, I think. Here. Game over, man. It's game over. <laughs> so, um, dragons. Oh yeah. So the house of the dragon. Now you've seen the first episode. Uh, is, yes, I have. Now this takes place a hundred years before Game of Thrones, or what? Two hundred uh, years. They they did it in the opening after the cold open. They showed the okay. time frame. I have forgotten, but it's. Basically, Daenerys' great, great grandparents' era. Or maybe her great. There's another great in there. 172. 172. Right. 172. Okay. 100. Um. That sounds kind of like, like, uh, that's the kill business for Christian up. I'll let Twain. Uh, that's interesting. How's the theme song? I, I haven't heard it yet. The new one. It's got to be a new theme song, uh, right? Actually, the the main music cue that I heard was a version of the Game of Thrones thing. I don't know if that's actually going to be the actual theme because I'm not sure. Did they uh, did they actually even have a actual? Like traditional opening credits, like it, I think they just showed the title briefly. Interesting. This was, it was very much like the original first episode of Game of Thrones. Like you're thrust into the story, except it's faster. If for like a better word, it's. It, it was so burning. Things of significance actually like really happen. Like there's like there's action, there's visceral moments, and like very dramatic moments. They don't have one yet, but there's were versions of the original theme throughout. Interesting. Yeah, they they did the same thing that uh, the they did when Earthquake squished Hulk Hogan. They, <laughs> the slow motion. <laughs> yeah, they, they, that, that's they a good callback. Slightly <laughs> made it more dramatic for key moments. Way to um, go, Will, with the callback there. Is this I mean, Humor. I love it. <laughs> it was but Earthquake. I I do remember him. Did he have a gap in his teeth? Um, uh, not really. Let me see. Earth. You, you know, I, I feel like for his male pattern baldness and beard. Yes. Okay, I remember Earthquake. Yeah, 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 yeah. John yeah. Pinto was his real name. He was a notorious, like, really tough dude. Who like, was, was the big giant black guy that I forget what his name was? Kamala. Kamala. Are you thinking? Of- one that he would slap his belly and he had face paint. Let me see. That's Kamala. Oh no, no, not that guy. It's still another guy. He wore like a very he wore like a uh, almost like an Andre the Giant type of leotard kind of thing. Like a singlet? Yeah. Oh man, a black guy that wore a singlet like that? And he yeah. was overweight? Yeah, he was a very large man, yeah. Really? I'm trying to think now, like 
Anybody remember Dan's? <laughs> Man. Uh, he's very large. Special Delivery Jones. Didn't, he was just normal attire. Uh, he had Bad News Brown. Of course, he just wore trunks. He didn't wear a singlet. And he wasn't overweight. Uh, when I write black singlet wrestler, I just get a bunch of pictures of black sing- singlets for sale. Yeah, that's <laughs> like the, the standard color. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Man. I like that they wear like real wrestling attire, but they do, they, they just do performance. No, Young Caradog didn't wear a singlet either. He just wore trunks and then just popped belly hungover. And he was always a good guy. He would have never fought Hulk Hogan. JYD. And he, he would wear the, the big chains. Man, I think. I'm, I'm trying I'm, to think of who you're talking about. It was, let's see. Uh, I'm scrolling through. Junkyard Dog was great. He what a classic! I had that. I had the wrestler, the big two, the the, the tw- that giant the big rubber rubber ones. The big yeah. rubber one. I had the Junkyard Dog. I had. Uh, I had. Uh, See, I think it King Kong Bundy, but he was not a black guy. He's a white guy. Yeah, King Kong Bundy. Uh, he comes to mind sometimes. <laughs> King, he's a classic King Kong Bundy. Like uh, there, there, there just weren't any. Oh, Abdullah the Butcher, maybe. But again, he didn't wear a singlet. He was just big and obese and uh, used to pull forks under the flaps of his breasts and poke people. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you need a conversational fact, there's one for Abdullah the Butcher that you can whip out. Like, oh, yeah, oh it might it might have been him. Oh, he's got some cuts on his head still. Yeah, oh. he's permanently scarred because of the, all the blading, the razor blading to his forehead. Wow. To, to your blood. Yeah, it gets pretty gnarly. Their heads start to look more and more like like hamburger. Yeah, I I mean I remember when I learned that that was like a whole thing, and then you they show that in the movie The Wrestler with, and you're I just like, seen it. yeah, oh, you still haven't seen it, but mm-hmm. that's that's just Go like a gnarly. I'm not a fan of like the the real blood in in yeah. wrestling. It seems a little bit excessive, like especially because they they hide little razor blades and then cut themselves and and do that whole thing. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm not a fan of self abuse like that. That's that's really unfortunate. Yeah, it really is savage to a certain degree, and and they're doing it because they know people want to see that. Like not yeah. all people, but their demographic. Like people yeah. get off on them mutilating themselves. They really do want to see someone get hurt. Yeah, there's a lot of bloodthirsty folks out there. What? Let me try to see. I might be thinking of a. I might be combining wrestlers in my mind. Uh, I remember there's a guy. Oh, it's it's like it's just escaping me. And he would like. I think he used to stick his tongue out, and do like a whole thing. Um, see, the tongue makes me think of the great Kabuki. There was this. If you see the great Kabuki, he was he was out there. Oh, you're probably you know what you're thinking of Mabel. Mabel, let me see. They, they changed his name to Viscera a little later on because he aligned himself with Undertaker. But he was huge and he's wide and he did have a big gap in his teeth and he had a funny mohawk. Yes, I think that's who. I, that's so, probably who I was thinking. Yes, this guy looks familiar. Yes, okay, Viscera, this... aka Mabel. Uh, Formerly of Men on a Mission, the the first rap group in WWE history. It was Mabel <laughs> and Mo. Mabel and yeah. Mo. She she uh, got it. She got it. Viscera. Yeah, Viscera is AKA Mabel. 
he passed away a few years ago, but, but he was he was uncannily agile to be as big as that dude was. Cause he's one of those people who looks almost as wide as they are tall. Yeah. But I think he was a legit maybe six foot eight. They, they got some uh, lots of muscle in there. It's like a lot of density. It's kind of in, it's insane yeah. how strong these guys are. Uh, I think that that's when you see a guy who's got like a very thick body like that, like uh, like Thor. Um, mm-hmm. Like when they when they Thor, by the way, speaking of Game of Thrones, he was in the Northmen. They had all the the Slav the uh, Slavic, I think. Was it no? All of the northern Nordic, all of the Nordic actors in that movie. They had all the like the stars cards and stuff, and and they had Bjork, uh-huh. and and they had Thor Odinson. What's his name? No, what's his name? Thor, oh, the guy who played the man. The, the the guy who played the mountain uh, yeah, the most. Yeah. <laughs> um, there were three different people. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, the last one. The last one. He was legitimately the strongest man alive, according to the yeah. competitions, which I thought was hilarious. I thought it was like not hilarious, but perfect. You, you know, you're gonna do a TV show and you want realism, and you go, "This is the strongest, physically strongest character in this show." There's no denying that. There's no suspension of disbelief. You can watch this guy toss like barrels full of oil like 20 feet he's a giant (laughs) giant, strong man and it's cool because it adds that extra layer of realism but he's slimmed down a lot since then he's actually he's in the movie the northman which is good and uh (laughs) watch it watch it it's definitely worth the watch and he is in it and i'm glad he's making a legitimate acting like you know, he's he's pivoting to to acting. He's making a turn. Yeah, he's not going to be a, just a giant zombie. <laughs> With you know, <laughs> that was pretty. Uh, break. Yeah, and the the fight between him and the hound, brother, brother, that that was oh, gnarly. Talk yeah, about bleeding. It was gnarly. But here's the thing about that fight: how many of you, like me, knew that the fight was going to end in both of them dying? Like the, it only had to. Like that was the only way for that fight to end. Um, so, I think that that was the perfect, perfect fight. Yeah, and I loved that. Um, that Bran Brian of Tarth handed the hound's ass to him. <laughs> That's in that one fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of rough to watch. Yeah, it was rough to yeah. learning to love him. Yep, and, it's and then. For- but you know she's on a mission, and her mission is also yeah. noble from her and perspective. She's, she, she's yeah. fully capable, like because that was almost like redemptive. Because like any other time you see her fighting up to that point in the series, it's like she she can hold her own, but it always seemed like you know she was struggling a little bit. Um, and everything was like an ordeal. Like is she really that good of a night or is it because she's from money and she's a woman that she has a reputation and that was like acquitting her finally. Like no she legitimately is oh, she's on top right. of her game. Well she's uh, arguably the, the she's arguably the best fighter in besides Jamie, what Jamie lost a hand. You know who said I don't I feel like Jamie didn't get his day to like be a left handed swordsman in the show like that would have been cool if he had like got, got better man they dropped the ball on that because all they need to do is give him a dagger hand 
Give him a dagger hand and he comes good with a dagger. Yeah, that would have been cool. That would have, It would have been cool to be like, Jamie's the best swordsman, gets his hand chopped off, which was truly shocking when I saw that. I was like, oh, well. Oh, yeah, they came with the freaking song cue that was just totally a non-sequitur. Was it bitch school? No, it was it was some weird uh, British punk song. Huh. You remember that about that? The, the, the cue, right, when they cut the credits? Oh. Like they totally break immersion with this crazy punk song. That's crazy. I don't remember that part, but I, I, yeah, I can imagine it. But yeah, had they given Jamie a, like some kind of warrior credit, but Brienne of Tarth, that that arguably is the best fighter, Arya also, which by the way, yeah. one of my favorite, most standout moments in all of Game of Thrones was the spar, the sparring between Arya and Brienne of Tarth, because you were like, because I my heart started to race during that. The way it was just executed so perfectly. Where you're like, oh, let's have a little fun and games. Where'd you learn to fight like that? No, no who, who who taught you to fight like that? No one. Which which is uh, but the, but that scene. It's so cool how it starts out playful, and then it gets real serious quickly. And you're like, oh, they about to kill each other right now. And yeah. the, and it ends in a draw. That was so good. That's probably top five moments of the entire show for me um where they both end with like a blade at each other's throat and you're like okay you both win yeah. <laughs> um uh, that I, I can rewatch that scene over and over again because i my heart was racing it was one of those involuntary reactions to a scene where you're like oh my god this is really happening what's gonna what's gonna happen um and, but we can talk more about they that. Built that up for us yeah yeah well, so, well th- I think you will enjoy House of the Dragon. <laughs> yeah, that was my, my pivot off. <laughs> All right. Well, let's but let's save that for tomorrow. We'll talk about House of the Dragon tomorrow. Thank you for hanging out. Thanks, as always, Will, for contributing to the show in such a, uh, a significant way. Uh, I appreciate it. And uh, I'll see y'all on the flip side. That's Break up, dude. <laughs> All right, thanks. Hopefully I got on one of these TV shows. Right. Yes. Talk talk soon.